Are there parts of motherhood that did not come naturally? Do you feel overwhelmed? Are there secrets you wish you knew in advance about the motherhood journey? Could you use a place to cope with motherhood, laugh your woes away, and lighten the mommy guilt? Welcome to Toward, finding a mom-life balance. Welcome back, Torn Tribe. We are excited to share episode 20 with a milestone. We have our first interview. Athena and I interviewed Ada Durang, who's the inventor of Inner Groove Interchangeable Strap Sandals. She's a teacher and a single mom and a really beautiful spirit of light. In our conversation, we discuss motherhood, starting a business, and how to keep the journey full of grace. Hi, Ada. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Mimi. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so um, for today's, our, we're really excited. It's our first interview and we have um, Ada, like we mentioned earlier in our intro, and we thought we would just start out with our relationships to each other and then what your family structure is like, your child age, um, and what's keeping you busy these days. Sounds good. So I know Ada from college and um, have enjoyed her company and getting to, getting to know her family. And then when we started the podcast, I definitely launched to Athena that I thought she would be really great to interview. Thank you so much. Um, I just, I remember when we first met actually, outside of our Spanish class <laughs> and you wanted some advice. So like, this is perfect. I feel like this is perfect for you because you just, it, it puts together your English background, I feel like, and your ability to communicate and talk to people. <laughs> so this made sense when you told me you had a podcast. It's pretty cool. So tell me a little bit about um, Aiden and what's going on with you guys. Yes. So my son Aiden is now, he just turned 12 years old. So I still can't believe that. Um, <laughs> so it, he does get easier to manage as he gets older, you know, um, but I cherish these moments because many moms have told me that they don't last forever. And if you remember being a teenager yourself, you know, your family is not, you know, your closest group of people that you want to hang out with all the time. <laughs> If you so, can help it at all. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just really trying to enjoy him as much as possible right now before, um, you know, I see it happening. He wants to hang out with his friends more. Like, he, we didn't go trick-or-treating this year like we did last year. So, Aww. and, yeah, it's a interesting. You pour all your attention into them, and then there's that time when they start to separate a little bit. It's It's a little painful, but also you're happy for them because they're growing up. But Definitely. I mean, a lot of the parenting is bittersweet. So. Yes. So what were sure. like your first impressions of motherhood? Like when you think back, what are some of the things that you remember I, standing out or like surprising you? Yeah, I was I was super happy um, to be a mom. Actually, I was 28 when I had him. Um, I was lucky to stay home with him for two years. Um but even that was overwhelming because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have any help because everyone lived far from me. Um, so I was kind of like reading books, trying to figure out, you know, 
how to make my child super intelligent. And <laughs> I raised the picky eater because I gave him, you know, I didn't <laughs> give him what my mom used to give me, whatever was on the table. I wish I would have done that. <laughs> yeah. Because I was super like, well, he has to eat organic. Yeah. He has to, you know, everything has to be a certain way. And <laughs> separate meal for Aiden. Yeah, that lasted for me for <laughs> Yeah, that lasted for me for like uh, five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, actually, that's super hard. Right. And I was like, you know what? My mom had it right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here I am trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm like, well, no. <laughs> I definitely um, agree. Yeah. And then there was a time when I felt like the ideal situation for a mom would be to work part time. So she has adult interaction mm. and then be able to be with her baby as well, because there needs to be a balance in that sense. Because if you're just totally immersed in the baby, you kind of lose your own identity. And then mm. that's not good because then you can't be your best self for everyone around you either. Mm-hmm. So then I went back to work. It was really tough because... I think the sooner you go back to work, I think the easier it is sometimes to have that balance because it was a, a long time and I cried every single day that I was back. How long so that, did you get to stay home with him? For two years. Okay. So, and I oh, didn't wow. let anyone watch yeah. him then. So then I go back to work, and it was like <laughs> a shock. And I'm looking at these kids because I teach as well. And I'm like, uh, I'd rather be with my kid. <laughs> like, why am I here with you? <laughs> I understand that feeling. So going from two years to back at work, how did you find care? Like, what was your process in, like, finding care for So fortunately, um, my ex-husband was an officer. So he took on the night shift. And then I would get home, and then he would leave, which was stressful for us, I think. Because then we put all our focus on making sure... We took care of Aiden, but then our relationship wasn't the main focus anymore. So juggling that as well is like, you know, something a new mom has to figure out. It's just a lot. Um, The new baby work and spouse is, you know, it could be really overwhelming. And it takes, you know, it's funny when you finally seem to balance it, you're on to another stage. Oh, I know. I, I completely can re- relate to that because it's either something new happens in their life or in our situation, another person popped up. I'm like, how am right. I pregnant? This is ridiculous. Yeah. We just got this. We yeah. just had people out of pampers. Like, so exactly. enjoy that 12 year old. Enjoy him at 12, man, because I tell people all the time, I'm like, your golden years with your yes. son. Yes. From eight to 13, because then really? they get really smelly. <laughs> and they get really, really opinionated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You start that but, at like 10 because these kids, they're small. You know, but... I find it as an excuse, though, to do fun things. Like when he wants to go see, I don't know, um, Harry Potter or something. I'm like, oh, I want, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take you, you know, because I want to see it too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the adult, you know, it's for the adults as well. But yeah. it just gives you a reason to to tap into that playful side of yourself that you may have forgotten when you started adulting, you know? And that's the whole thing. It's like less <laughs> of a sacrifice. It's not really yes. like, oh, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you know, gonna do this because this is the stage you're in, but it definitely is a little bit more common. I just don't know what it's like. My, 
my three-year-old already makes me feel like she's a teenager. I just don't. Yeah. I do, <laughs> she's I can, a girl. Yeah, it cannot, it cannot <laughs> last that long. I don't know what yeah. I did. What I think going boys on. are very <laughs> mellow and girls are definitely like, you know. <laughs> So in, yeah. in the transition, when once you were back at work and in the transitions of your family structure changing, where did the idea to become an entrepreneur kind of sprout or were there other, like, did it occasionally pop up in the years in between and maybe there was a yeah. hesitation or? So I actually thought of the idea um, in Binghamton, mm. actually, when we graduated, um, because I couldn't find the right shoes to wear to my graduation party. Because um, I actually don't like my feet, and I'm very particular about the shoes I wear. And <laughs> I remember for... that. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, I had this pair of shoes that didn't match my dress. I'm like, I'm going to wear this, you know, and it's not going to match. I didn't care for some reason, but I was pissed off that if I could just change the front of the shoe, the strap, then it would match mm-hmm. and I, and I wouldn't let it go for some reason. Um, <laughs> and of course I graduated and then I was, I was telling Danny, my ex-husband about it. And he's like, um, why don't you get a real job first? And then <laughs> <laughs> figure this out. Cause it sounded crazy. Talk to him, you know, I'm like, I, I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if we had a shoe? And he's like, who cares? You know, like, it doesn't make any sense to our life right now. <laughs> Because you need to make money, right? None. The other part is totally before <laughs> there was this boom of small business and all these yes. independent things. So it was just like get out of college and secure a job and like yes. do that traditional security. Thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I did play around with it from time to time. It was like my side project. Anytime I had, I like making stuff by hand. So I would go to like Payless and I would glue on uh, rubber soles to the shoes they sold and just play around with the idea. But I didn't really do anything um, until actually I got divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still friends to this day. But it just, I think just there's a lot of, well, that's a different podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's just stick to the story. <laughs> um, <laughs> where was I? Where was I? Um Let's see. How you came up and you were tinkering with yeah. ideas. So, that, so and... we got divorced and I remember thinking I, I had hit rock bottom. I just was unsure about many things in my life. And and at that moment, I felt like, well, I'm going to pursue this now because what's the worst thing that could happen? Hmm. So it was kind of liberating to not feel fear, like I was going to mess up or anything or fail because I just, um, I think the divorce kind of for me was a little liberating in the sense that I felt like I can only move up from here. I think that's so interesting that at like vulnerable transition space, you were just like, okay, all or nothing. Like I'm just going to jump in and whatever's going to change, I'm just going to change radically. And right. And and that's a choice too, because I feel like I was trying to be as positive as possible about it. So I tried to do, you know, try to think of ways to keep my mind off of, you know, what was happening, I think. Um, And I luckily chose something like that. And and then I somehow ran a marathon. Like I was just trying to like do things, like push myself to do things to see, to test my limits, I guess. mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) You were trying to feel pain in a different way. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And then, actually, after I finished, I remember crossing the finish line. I'm like, 
now what? <laughs> I was like, it's I all can't run 60 miles. It's all downhill from here. I was like, now what? <laughs> I love to tell people the fact that my dad had run a marathon, kind of put it on the list of things that I didn't think were so amazing. <laughs> no, it was it was crazy. Like, you had to be kind of crazy to do it. <laughs> exactly, which I only understood older. It's just I grew up, like, knowing that my dad was this dude who had done this thing. And I was like, oh, okay, it's a thing people do. Yeah, I got older and met the people who were doing it because I was like, I certainly am not on the track to do that. So, but um, so, but I think it was just crazy. I think the the momentum. I think it's really indicative of like all the things that go on when you take that kind of risk, right? Because it's like I'm yes. gonna try this. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna see what I can do, and right. it probably gives you that drive of like, well, nothing could stop me. Now. Yes, I was definitely on that. You know, um, and then I remember, you know, reading a lot of self-help books and um, there's, you know, the saying that we are souls having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely testing that, you know, like I wanted to know how much I could do without limiting myself um, the way I might have in the past, you know, and that's kind of scary, but. Possible. I think that's a that's a great example for Aiden too of like how to live. Yeah, I was actually, you know, I I asked him the other day because I started this whole thing when he was five. Mm. I'm like, what have you learned throughout this whole process? And um, he said to never give up. Mm. And I just almost started crying because I'm like, well, at least something <laughs> positive came out of it. Like, yeah, <laughs> at least he got the message. Yeah, the right. I'm like, yeah, right. And, yeah. So or was... he could have responded like Mimi, you know? Oh, no big deal. It, it, oh, you ran a marathon. So what? Do. Oh, yeah. So what? You were doing nothing. <laughs> you know. And actually, it just reminds me. Do you know Mastin Kip? Yes. <laughs> so I went to see him speak in the city um, when he launched his book, Claim Your Power. Mm-hmm. And I actually took Aiden with me. He's been to a lot of, I think that's another thing. Like sometimes moms want to find a sitter and I feel like sometimes their child should come with them so yeah, they can definitely. watch definitely. and be part of it, you know? Um, and one of the things he was saying that we all make excuses for why we can't do things mm. and all of us have a different reason. And then he's like, how, you know, raise your hand if you've ever said, or, um, I'm divorced, I can't do this, or, mm-hmm. um, I didn't go to school, I can't do this, or mm-hmm. I don't have the money, I can't do this. And then one thing he said was, I'm a single mom, I can't do this. And I put my hand up and he's like, and he looked right at me and he's like, and what if I told you, you need to do this because he's watching. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whew, totally mm-hmm. flipped it on me. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> What am I going to say to him now? Like, yes, he is watching and he is learning perseverance and never give up. And these things that, you know, sometimes we feel guilty about not doing something because we have to give all our time to our kids. But at the same time, they're inspired by us. And we don't realize that unless we go out there and and try to make ourselves, you know, um, fulfilled. Definitely. Um, Sometimes I think that in a strange way we always have the conversation about like are you ready is it the right time yeah. is there enough money and the truth is right. i think once they are here those eyes and those thoughts and that feedback is such a, it's a better motivator than yeah. any outside thing because yeah. you really do see the impact and you're really thinking of the consequences of your and actions i think that once you put yourself in that once you show up 
you know, and show that you are like moving in a certain direction and, and you're courageous about it. I think things line up to help mm-hmm. you and support you. It's just, you just have to just start moving in that direction that you want to go in. And you don't have to have all the answers because there's like the analysis paralysis, right? Mm-hmm. You keep mm-hmm. overthinking something, you'll never do it. Definitely. I didn't know what the I was doing with shoes. Absolutely not. I had no clue. <laughs> I was sitting in meetings. I had no clue like what a vamp was like for parts of the shoe. And I would just sit there and take notes. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm just a teacher with an idea. <laughs> I didn't study like fashion or shoe design or anything. <laughs> no. And I think that's what makes the doing it. Right. It's yeah. Um, do it anyway. It's be scared and do it anyway. And yeah, I definitely I like that drive. Um, so how do you take care of you? Keep taking care of your idea, foster relationships. Like as it gets more busy, because usually we're like, oh, there's so much going on. I yeah. don't have space, but we make the time and the space. And how do you kind of prioritize those things for yourself? I think interestingly, like, um, I think when you start a business, it kind of, it, it changes you and it helps you grow as a person as well. And then what you realize is the value of time, Mm. um, and how precious it is. So I think that in the past I was definitely not ready to, to start this. I had to like grow into the person that was capable of doing something like this, um, and I think in the past I might have made some poor decisions with, uh, I don't know, partnerships or friendships or, you know, things like that weren't for my highest good, I guess, because I didn't love myself. And that's when I realized I love myself enough, you know, like there's mm-hmm. always you have to practice self-love and self-care. Um, I do a lot of yoga. I meditate. um, I do little things like get mani pedis, you know, things, you know, or spend time alone, read, things like that. But I think when you do learn to love yourself more, I I just heard this like Oprah saying something about like having like a circle, like a sacred circle around yourself. Mm-hmm. You decide who you let in, who wh- who has your time, you know, like you prioritize things as what's valuable to you and what can enhance your grace and, and your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it doesn't, then you don't have time for it because you're just so busy, you know? Um, I don't know if that makes sense. No, definitely. But, but also it's like validating your own worth because yes. you deserve to be able to make that choice. And like, yes. you don't really and not and, feel guilty about it. And the people who have your best interests in mind doesn't, don't need the explanation. Right. Exactly. Um, and I'm not saying like cut out a lot of people, but I remember in one of my yoga classes asking, I was talking to someone there and, and I was talking about trying to surround myself with people like, you know, entrepreneurs and people who are uplifting. Cause at the time I really, it was just tough for me to start. It's always start really difficult to start a business and you kind of feel lost and alone Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know who to talk to about it. And then her response was, do not spend time with people or put yourself in situations that do not enhance your grace. And then you cannot be disgraced. 
And I was like, wow, that just clarified it for me. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's very I know poetic. Who- <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just really like, because I think I was definitely like, I made after my divorce some very poor relationship choices. And again, it was reflections of how much I dis- disliked myself, you know? So um, once I started to value myself, my time and um, my own worth, I think everything else started to change and get better. So. Yeah, I definitely can agree with that, like setting healthy boundaries. Yes. Um, for sure. And and I think it, becoming a mom kind of helps you realize yes. your worth. I, I don't know what it is about having someone depend on you yes. that much that you're and, like, oh, no. yeah, and it's, I am pretty awesome it is and like valuable. Love at, yeah, and it's like love yeah. at first sight on a deeper level than you've ever known. It's just amazing. It's interesting. The other day I was thinking about one of my favorite definitions of love, that we really fall in love with the way the person we love sees us. Right. And I think the most authentic and kind of pure gaze you can get back from that is from your kid. Right. It's the purest type of love. It's, it's, you know, it just is so pure. And now for our men's segment where we share a highlight from the week. Actually, something really cool just happened, and and it circles back to the beginning of the conversation um, about my son. I was feeling a little under the weather, and he came up to me and asked me to help him edit a paper he was writing for his English class, and it was all about um, someone you admire, and it was about me, and of course, it brought tears to my eyes because it was all about how... I taught him through my own uh, determination to never give up. And I mean, that's, I think, one of the best things that I can teach him as a mom. Um, So it makes me feel like I'm doing something right as far as, you know, what I'm doing with my business and just uh, trying to achieve my goals. And I think the sweetest thing he said at the end was that um, because of things he's watched me do, he believes the saying is true that anything is possible if you believe. And I thought it was just the cutest thing. (laughs) Well, my mend for this week was um, our family recently moved and it all went really smoothly. And I've just really been paying attention to the grace. And when, well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, (laughs) And when, you feel like we were talking about time and when you feel like you're doing something in a small window and yet time kind of opens up in this weird way that it does and kind of gives you other dimensions. Yes. Um, you, you're just grateful for that. So that was what mended me this week. How about you, Athena? I would say <clears throat> spending time with my family this mm-hmm. week uninterrupted because, um, I travel a lot for work, so being home is a rare, rare occasion, and so getting consecutive days the past two weeks home with them has been an amazing time, because kind of like what we were just saying, the best reflection of yourself is truly hearing it straight from your kids, especially if they're three and four, there is no filter, right. they don't really care about your feelings, right. they'll tell you whether or not you look good, you sound good, or you were being rude, so, yeah. yeah, so spending time with them, 
us and like prepping for the holidays because um, we went tree shopping. And apparently, I don't know if folks realize this, but in Charlotte, and I don't know if this is nationwide or not, so don't get scared, but there is a <laughs> Christmas tree shortage here. Oh, so, oh my God! That's because that's they're all in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, yeah, because my dad's like Athena. You needed to, over here. yeah. He was like, you needed to call Rockefeller Center and just order from the same place <laughs> they ordered. Because I was complaining about how small my tree is, and I was like, and then I felt terrible when I heard there was a shortage. I was like, oh gosh, at least I got a tree, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's, that's been yeah that's been my men prepping for the holidays and hanging out with the boys that's awesome it's my favorite season so yeah lots of fun activities but ada thank you so much for joining us it's, thank you for having it's me it's been yeah. a lot I'm, of fun yes i love talking to you <laughs> <laughs> hope you enjoyed this week's episode please subscribe rate review share the podcast we want to hear from the torn tribe so please reach us at tornmlb at gmail.com and follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at tornmlb thank you choose grace when you feel torn choose Choose grace. grace